Welcome to the Daily Devotions Podcast from Confident Faith. I am Corey J. Mahler, a contributor here at Confident Faith. I will be your reader today, this fifth Friday after Epiphany, the 9th of February, in the year of our Lord, 2024, in the time of Christmas. There are no feasts, festivals, or commemorations on the calendar today. Our readings for today are Psalm 23, Psalm 87, Job chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21, and paragraphs 10 through 16 of Article 4 of Part 2 of the Small Called Articles. We will close, as always, with the Lord's Prayer. Today's first reading from the Psalter is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's second reading from the Psalter is the 87th Psalm. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God. Among those who know me I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold Philistia, Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her, for the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord records as he registers the peoples, This one was born there. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forevermore. Amen. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the book of Job, and we will be reading the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 13. Then Job answered and said, O that my vexation were weighed, and all my calamity laid in the balances, for then it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore my words have been rash, for the arrows of the Almighty are in me. My spirit drinks their poison. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray when he has grass, or the ox low over his fodder? Can that which is tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the juice of the mallow? My appetite refuses to touch them. They are as food that is loathsome to me. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would fulfill my hope. 
that it would please God to crush me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. This would be my comfort. I would even exult in pain unsparing, for I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should be patient? Is my strength the strength of stones, or is my flesh bronze? Have I any help in me, when resource is driven from me? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from the book of John, and we will be reading the third chapter, verses 1 through 21. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's reading from the Book of Concord comes from the Small Called Articles, and we will be reading Part 2, Article 4, Paragraphs 10-16. through 16. This teaching shows forcefully that the Pope is the true end-Christ or antichrist. He has exalted himself above and opposed himself against Christ. 
for he will not permit Christians to be saved without his power, which nevertheless is nothing, and is neither ordained nor commanded by God. This is, properly speaking, how he exalts himself against every so-called God, as Paul says, 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Even the Turks or the Tartars, great enemies of Christians as they are, do not do this. They take bodily tribute and obedience from Christians, but they allow whoever wishes to believe in Christ. The Pope, however, bans this faith. He says that to be saved a person must obey him. This we are unwilling to do, even though we must die in God's name because of this. This all proceeds from the Pope wishing to be called the supreme head of the Christian Church by divine right. So he had to make himself equal and superior to Christ. He had to have himself proclaimed the head, and then the Lord of the Church, and finally of the whole world. This makes him simply God on earth, to the point that he has dared to issue commands even to the angels in heaven. When we distinguish the Pope's teaching from or compare it to Holy Scripture, it is clear that the Pope's teaching, at its best, has been taken from the imperial and heathen law. It deals with political matters and decisions or rights, as the decretals show. His law also teaches ceremonies about churches, garments, food, persons, and childish, theatrical, and comical things without measure. But in all of this, nothing at all is taught about Christ, faith, and God's commandments. Finally, the papacy is nothing else than the devil himself, because above and against God, the Pope pushes his falsehoods about masses, purgatory, the monastic life, one's own works, and false worship. This, in fact, is the papacy. He also condemns, murders, and tortures all Christians who do not exalt and honor his abominations above all things. Therefore, just as we cannot worship the devil himself as Lord and God, so we cannot endure his apostle, the Pope, or Antichrist, in his rule as head or Lord. For what his papal government really consists of, as I have very clearly shown in many books, is to lie and kill and destroy body and soul eternally. They will have enough to condemn in the council in these four articles, for they cannot and will not concede to us even the least point in one of these articles. Of this we can be certain. We must be sure and consider the hope that Christ, our Lord, has attacked his adversary. He will press and attack him both by his Spirit and his coming. Amen. In the council, we will not stand before the emperor or the political ruler, as at Augsburg, where the emperor published a most gracious edict, and caused matters to be heard kindly. Instead, we will appear before the pope and devil himself, who intends to listen to nothing, but will just condemn, murder, and force us to idolatry. Therefore, we should not here kiss his feet or say, You are my gracious Lord. Rather, we should say as the angel of the Lord in Zechariah 3.2, said to the devil, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. This concludes our reading from the Book of Concord. I now invite all of you to join me in reciting the Lord's Prayer, one of the most ancient prayers of the Church. I do encourage you to say it aloud if you are somewhere it would be reasonable to do so, but praying it silently is, of course, also fine. The Lord knows what is in your heart. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and grace to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whatever calling has been given you, or tasks set before you. Until tomorrow, God be with you.